It's time to go into auto reverse with Tony and Matt, where we look at bands that were underappreciated, misunderstood, forgotten, and to some unknown. This week we're going auto reverse on Killing Joke. So Killing Joke, Tony, is one of those bands where, uh, you know, I kind of went in and out of liking them and then not liking, the, not, not really liking them, following them and not, then not following them. They're a, although I, you know, I get the sense that they're kind of a cultish band, but, um, you know, I, what was great about this exploration of them, you know, through the playlists and just going through a lot of their albums is like, you know, this band is kind of traversed kind of genres of music but also kind of just they're kind of tough motherfuckers who survived you know the going from punk and the gritty non-making movie just gritting it out type uh scene and to making you know having a really strong following and making some really like high artistic uh um music yeah they uh they were uh, typical of, of a lot of bands we've covered on here. Um, they were sort of part of the an extension of punk uh, and sort of a precursor to, well, sort of like extension of punk, uh, pioneers of sort of post-punk, but also like had, had a few hits in the mid-80s. Right. Uh, that put them on a different, you know, trajectory but uh but then they sort of got into fights with the with the late with the label after their hits the labels wanted to to make more hits they refused so that sort of like tells you what kind of guys what kind of band they are that they even after some hits they were refused to continue to be that cash cow for the label um but then they also influenced industrial music heavy metal obviously uh uh pop metallic yeah yeah some pop metallica covered them Uh, nirvana was hugely influenced by killing joke um some say that um uh, smells like teen spirit is a ripoff of a killing joke song uh there's uh there's i I think there may have even been a lawsuit associated with that david grohl played on a killing joke record yeah the one just like yeah 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 just like create so so that like I guess the way I'll just wrap this up to keep it short. I they're just one of those bands. It's like what you said they traversed many styles, but I think they also traversed many like trials and tribulations in terms of internally, externally, the where the market was in terms of music being a uh, an a sort of late 70s band that's sort of the beginning of punk into the 80s into sort of more synthy kind of thing so and then into the 90s you know so they're so they're like they're one of those bands that just even though most people don't know who they are they're not like a household name um their influence is there even if you don't know that who they are right and you know i didn't know like reading some of their back some of their story um like they they're they're they started in notting hill which back in the 70s was like a really rough and drug addled part of town not the mm-hmm. not the you know rom-com backdrop that you, <laughs> you you like to talk about 
the gentrification uh, exploitation (laughs) film yeah right right um so but they and i there was this comment that they were asking jazz about um like he's like don't like they were gonna start the interviews like let's not talk about how much i missed the the late 70s punk scene he's like that just sucked like that time just mm-hmm. sucked. We didn't make any money. We struggled. We got arrested a lot because we lived in a shit mm-hmm. part of town. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and there is there is a uh, a mystique around them too, which is built around those early years. A little bit of the mm-hmm. punk, a little bit of the uh, what was it? they had to get the fire breather cannibal that would join them on stage. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a you know there's a bit of sh- showmanship that is also on display here from, you know, and, you know, jazz is kind of like the, like a prototypical, uh, lead guy, lead, you know, lead singer, front guy, front man for the band. Mm-hmm. Like it really kind of focuses around him, his vision and his antics. Mm-hmm. I mean, I saw a little bit of the, the documentary that came out, I think in 2002 or three or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And I saw the trailer, and I was like, "Yeah, I don't want to see this." I mean, I yeah. like I like their music, but it just seemed like it was more of like an artistic, like his vis- like an artistic vision that he was fucking whacking off and shooting off, so everyone can, you know, it was more masturbatory than revelatory, if that makes any sense. But um, yeah, I look I look at jazz as a sort of unconventional frontman, so kind of like I would look, like someone like he reminds me of someone and not stylistically but just in terms of uh attitude and stuff i look at like nick cave as someone like him or even like Susie sue from Susie and the banshees they they're unconventional they refuse they refused all the people i just mentioned refused to follow the sort of punk rock post-punk you know sort of look and ethos they they wanted to do their own thing and um i think that's a big reason why killing joke is so uh even today even when you hear some of their music today it still sounds kind of new and fresh and it's because of that sort of desire to be different and to be singular you know yeah and and i think that you know like we were, go, you know, again, listen to the playlist, and also like some of the stuff that we're still adding to the playlist. Like they had an album out, uh, let me see, in 2015, Pylon, and then one in 2012, which I really like. Uh, that I listened to Pylon, I didn't like as much. It seems a little, it was a little too. Uh, it was it didn't seem as. There's like an emotional undercurrent that runs through their things that it's really kind of you can it's visceral. You can feel it. Uh, that that they it comes through of a nice merger of like his vocals and the intensity of his vocals and his message, and such. And the pylon was a little; it seemed a little too over, a little too forced, at least for me. But I, you know, again, I was kind of listening to things in succession. So, which is how I, you know, I, I think this is a good what I call a shuffle band. You could put this their their discography on shuffle and have it; it would be enjoyable. But. It's far it, for me. It was interesting to see just like their their trajectory, which is an annoying fucking word, but mm-hmm. their trajectory of like where they started and how they kind of built and how they kind of, I you know I don't even know if it's built a vision because they seem like they just it's, there seems like a lot of their stuff is built on like more of an, a not a whim but it's like it's going into these directions like these it's organic it's organic yeah yeah it's organic the way that they approached music they were like 
they were like you know uh, like frontiersmen. They were trying to they were looking for ways to expand on the original idea of this sort of harsh yeah uh harsh but yet melodic and musical kind of uh hard-edged sort of extension of punk uh and its energy but they, they were constantly looking to push the boundaries in that and in the and in the and while they were doing that they sort of they sort of uh brought in synth you know synth pop industrial heavy met like their version of heavy metal so in a way they created all these like genres uh, I, w- I wouldn't say they they yeah, yeah, created yeah, yeah. them totally, but they yeah. were big but they were big uh, <coughs> they were big influences and uh and like you said it's like they did it organically it wasn't like i don't know like, i don't know if they ever set set out and said i think a lot of it had to do with their producers that was the other thing that was yeah. like kind of key, key in their story i mean when connie plank who i didn't even realize produced some of their records the dude from that produced noi and Kraftwerk right. and stuff the german guy um he also produced like japan records and other and other weird stuff um like i didn't realize his influence really had a lot to do with the sound and then they got the guy who produced the stones and more commercial producer to re- make the records after connie plank and those were the more commercial r- records that i believe had some hits and so, like, they were also influenced not just by them, their own ideas and their and what they were doing, but also by the people that they were work, collaborating, collabor- collaborating with. So, um, you know, that's interesting, too. Um, I think uh, sometimes, I mean, yeah, when we're talking about the Beatles and stuff, everybody likes to talk about George Martin or Glenn Johns or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, like, when it comes to bands like this that are of smaller stature... Uh, a lot of times there's not too much discussion about who produced them, but in the case of Killing Joke, the, who produced them made them also. Kind of use the word they you know kind of i don't know if you use frontiersmen or like they're breaking into ground i don't i never really consider anything that they were doing like like super original i thought that they went on a path that was a natural progression of where they were going and kind of stayed within their things and other people were doing the same thing as well but where i think they're interesting is like their content of their lyrics but also the, the composition of you know how um you know the the the, the, the the instrumental part of the band plays together is really kind of what forged that sound and really makes them so powerful. Um, I like I don't yeah I, there's throughout this thing I was like it's interesting that they're jumping to these new directions but I didn't think that they were 
I'm not saying that they were following. I think that they were saying, oh, we, that, that's something interesting. Let us take a kind of, let's take a little bit of synth pop. Let's take a little bit of punk. Let's take a little stuff and put it, forge it in our old style. Like, I, you know, like, uh, what's the guitarist name? Jordy Walker. Like, his guitar work is just, I, like, I, I love it uh, a lot. And, you know, the drummer as well as the bass player, uh, Youth, is really good. And that the, how they work together is really what makes them kind of original and how they do that within that unit and try to go into these, you know, ex extensions of what they what they were doing before rather than breaking new ground. I didn't think they were very, you know, I think their influence for what they are, like my take is that how they are influential is like as a unit, they're really kind of unique. Uh, and how they kind of express themselves is really unique. I don't think that the type of music that they're, genres that they're going, while they could be one of the most powerful ones in that, I don't think that they were ones that kind of either created it or led it. Oh, well, I, I, I might push back on that a tiny bit here. Okay. A tiny bit. I think... Go big, I buddy. They, go big. <laughs> I'll, go, I'll go medium. Okay. Um, I think the thing with them, right, that differentiates them from like let's say Susie and the Banshees right. or the Cure or the public or image. even the public Smiths image. yeah or even Public Image Limited or well actually I think uh, uh, Public Image had more in common with them than other bands and here's why and this is probably why they don't come off as the most original groundbreaking band it's because Killing Joke were colder and harsher like yeah, there yeah. was very True. little fun in their music in their in their lyrics in their disposition like there it was cold and harsh and i believe and and i think that lack of fun or lack or lack of magic and joy that you like you experienced with some of these other bands i mentioned yeah. i think that my i think that's part of why they don't seem as groundbreaking because it was just it was not as approachable and easy to play at a party like if you put the weight on right. the song the weight on in a party yeah there's going to be like two maniacs that listen to metallica and slayer and stuff who are going to be like oh this is cool i remember this like on the garage days revisited but most people are going to be like oh this is some cold harsh shit that like you're wrecking the party with so uh <laughs> i think i think that's part of their thing it's 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 that harshness that's like why to me they're so important but makes it a little bit less listenable than some of their contemporaries i i i i'm not 100 percent sure but i think you're agreeing with me but just in a really I, I i'm agreeing with you that they okay are they the most like like groundbreaking band of of that era probably not i would say like the clash oh. or or there, there yeah, are other yeah, yeah. bands that were a lot more groundbreaking but I guess I am agreeing with you, but I'm trying to maybe make the point that the reason that they don't come off as that important, I think, is that harshness. Is that I, I just saying that part of their? No, I hundred percent. Right. I I hundred percent. There there is an yeah. there is an intensity that is palpable when you listen to them. Right. Uh, even on their later stuff, the th stuff in 2012, even in Pylon, even some of the live stuff that I think they recorded a live album either last year or something like that and you can still feel like they you know they got back together after uh i believe raven's death 
and mm -hmm. and like the stuff is really solid like it's still it's still they they don't seem like they're trying to copycat what they're doing it's like they're trying to build from what at least they thought you know was you know the most important components of their band which i think agree with that harshness and that kind of like i'm an inch like the, the feeling i get from this panel is like is someone talking to you who's an inch from your face you know it's like yeah it's, yeah, it's, yeah it's, yeah, it's you know good, it's like it's you, a good analogy you feel it you got to listen to it it's you want to back off and you know it's it's making you it's daring you to get out of the way or but it's, it's not it's it's not a vacation in the caribbean type of sound right now right right and and it's funny because even some of like other contemporaries i'll mention like wire or gang of four mm -hmm. they had a bit of a harsh sound too but there was something like kind of poppy and enjoyable to what they were doing like that's not something that killing joke has on offer like even their big hit right. like even their big hit 80s like or the, the song like, that really turned i got that's how i got turned out of the band seeing the video on mtv right in the in 84 85 yeah, whatever it was that as well yeah, yeah. Uh, even that song is harsh like even that in the it's not just a harsh sound it's like a harsh image it's a harsh it the ly lyrics are harsh it's just and it's not for everybody and um but that doesn't take away like you said, how good they are playing. And it also doesn't take away how good their, the songs are. I mean, when I was doing the playlist, from the first album, self-titled, uh, all the way through, it's like, there's a lot of good songs. Even though they're harsh and hard to kind of, in some ways, listen to, I think there are a lot of good songs. Like, they had, you know, Jazz and them had that ability to write songs, you know, Um is it the style everybody wants? No, but right. it's but it's but it's still like, you know, they can write, you know, and that that's like the part of that. So, like when it comes to punk and post punk and stuff and new wave, yeah, there was a lot of crossover new wave, obviously in the early to mid '80s. But like a lot of times, you know, when you go like it's you, it's easy to forget just how good like. But songs that these bands made like wrote were really really good and it and, and the attention is always paid there's too much attention paid on image and the right. scene and how and how anti-authoritarian and everything and how they were getting arrested and and they were getting kicked out of venues and there were riots it's easy to like like only focus on that when in reality they were right they were writing good songs and fucking killing joke were prolific they just made yeah. one record after yeah, another yeah. you know and and that to me is like what this is why we do the show it's so that we can highlight that part more right than the image and the attitude and the, the stance and all that right know? yeah because it's like you know you know i was just remembered in another band that we talked about that is very much like them in terms of like a like a heavy aggressiveness and I would actually say Killing Joke is a little bit more on the aggressive front, but like the Stranglers, like they. Oh yeah, they are perfect, perfect comparison, perfect. So, so and they have that same kind of like they they're not as intense, but they still have that highly aggressive thing, but also could able to write beautiful songs as well, which Killing Joke can do uh, and have done. Yeah, these as yeah. well so yeah that's an interesting point and it's you know we you try to figure out like why these bands don't get a little bit more popular but it's again it's you know sugar goes down easier with most people you know 
Oh yeah, sugar, and it's sometimes hard <laughs> to get past. The, it's sometimes hard to get past the snarl, you know. Uh, I mean, Billy uh, Billy Idol snarled like hell, but he was also looked like kind of like a punk rock model, so it was easy for people to get yeah. like kind of like 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 sucked into that. These guys snarl at you, but they're actually ugly, you know. So you, you, so it's hard to it's hard to like look, you know get past that. Well, and, yeah, they don't have soft eyes. Their eyes are no, like they don't. They're glaring they at you. Looks. Yeah. yeah model good looks they don't have any of that so um so it's easy to it's easy to forget like you know just how good their music is and i, I mean the first album is unbelievable that is like the like i put it right up there with like wires pink flag it's just a perfect album every single song is yeah. great um and it's funny because they like they weren't completely aware of what they were doing at that point like I th it was well, necessity it. it was necessity it seemed like almost exactly. more, than, more than anything yeah and they and like they already have problems with labels at that point they hadn't even made a record yet and they had already had issues with island records and they only made a single for them and you know it's like that confrontation right that they had all the way through i would say all the way through their career it's like part of their sounds and part of what makes them um who they are it's like either confrontation real confrontation with record labels or perceived confrontation with their audience it's like that's all part of the thing you know what yeah. i mean it's like yeah you, like if you're looking for well-adjusted relationships and music go find something else to do you know like don't if you want well-adjusted relationships go like hang out with cpas or something because you're not going to get that in music especially in this sort of stuff well i i think that there's you know i, I Look, I think the, the fun of music is that you can you can fly by however your mood is suiting you at the time. Like right. if you want something a little bit more aggressive, you know, you get that there's something, you know, go do that. I just think setting in one camp is probably the bigger crime than hoping that everything is going to be the same. You know, if that's maybe I'm saying the same thing. That's kind of gibberish what I just said. Disregard. Edit. Well, no, 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 no. I know what you mean. It's like kind of more like fantasy. Music is fantasy, so you use music to kind of like whatever mood you're in, or whatever you're thinking, or where you want to be. You use music to kind of get you there, right? It, that's the that that to me is that's what music really is for. Uh, either you want to be inspired, you want to break a window, like whatever whatever it is. There's music for that. Yeah, you and know? I, yeah, and I think that's the one of the biggest at least with my youth was that you kind of sit in one little area a little too much. And there's other places where, you know, I would, I, you know, and, I, and it's more about talking to different, it's honestly more about talking to different people rather than listening to different kind of music. Because if you talk to people who have different interests than you, you're going to get turned on to a lot of different kind of great music and books and shit like that. I, you know, I was, I was, you know, I, you hang around certain people that, you know, like, high octane music in this you know in the 80s you're gonna like fucking listen to some steam you're gonna listen to a good helping of steve miller you know it's just the way that things are oh, you gonna hear black dog fucking once a week so it's trying to find those things which uh, I, i'm trying to kind of play catch up with it now but you know t trying to jump around to all these little genres that have been lying and waiting and you know we're in a wonderful time now that you have spotify and you know, mm -hmm. that another thing, another YouTube that you can go research this or people can turn you on to. But, you know, it's, it's 
kind of another thing is like the bottomless well it's like there's only so much of the water you can drink so it's trying to figure out how much you can really take in this is kind of like an, a very unrestrained tangent i've jumped on a horse that had it keep going keep going right right into the sunset yeah i think i think the sunset i think i just need to jump off <laughs> yeah, I jump the off the cliff here. i think i just need to jump off the cliff just fall out like just fall, fall off like fall just don't off. even jump just fall but it's like you know it's you know the more and more you know band I, you know that we talk about bands like killing joke the more my you know the appreciation factor for them that they have you know typically a band with that much intensity you're what do you think 10 years and under then they burn out and maybe they do yeah, a reunion, usually they do a reunion tour 10 years after but man they've been i mean they did break up at some point and they've had their since they they've you know dance with lady drama throughout the years but oh yeah but like you said they have you know if you look at their discography i mean they've been very prolific and you know doing dub remixes and stuff that kind of feed other parts of their you know interest and you know playing with their music in that sense too which is which is awesome i didn't really get to listen too much of the dub remixes because i frankly haven't been in the mood for dub remixes this week but uh <laughs> but i've been just trying to catch up like on some of the 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 newer stuff um and it's you know it's it's you know they're a marvel yeah i mean they're, they're another we it seems like we've been on a roll with this uh, lately it's just like another singular uh unique band that chose their own you know they they went down their own road and and sort of and influenced a lot of other bands um, in while they were doing it. Uh, and also, like, it's good to see for me, like, what the English punk movement spawned. So, like, yes. everything from like seventy six, seventy seven on. I love to see all the bands that kind of came out of it that were able to distinguish themselves beyond just the, you know, the angry, you know, three chord kind of like thing, you know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. I love seeing that. And whether it's them or Susie or the clash or whoever, I like seeing those bands and then they, and then they become the new, like sort of classic rock, quote unquote. Um, uh, but you know, like I said, they're not for everybody. They're harsh, uh, but still super tune, you know, super tuneful and everything. It's, but you know, it's not for everybody, but it's for us. <laughs> yeah, you know what? And I and I would say even with you know, like even with them, it's like you know, I listen to an album at a time, and it's fine. Yeah. And it's like you get, you, you, they're not some. Of, I, I I don't think you can listen to the whole playlist in one sitting because it is rather intense, and it's like you did. You know, unless you went on shuffle, like it's they're, they're just it's a it's it's very satisfying just to sit with their albums and just kind of see what they were trying to do with each thing. And you know, even the one with the Dave Grohl, I knew I had I was like waiting to pull the the DG card on you, but the day, even the Dave Grohl album that they did, it was a great album like i really i was actually surprised that it was that good and it could but it was mostly hey, he's he's but, a good drummer i just wish he would just retire why why retire because i'm tired of seeing his goofy face then don't look at him but he's everywhere i guess, I guess now there's a, a new movie that's promoting their album called uh studio 666 where they play like a scooby-doo thing with the movie making an album 
I mean, come on, Matt. It's too much. It's too much. You got other options. I, I mean, I, uh, yeah, I, I have I, other I, options. I could go to the bathroom and take a shit. Yes, I have other options. There you go. There yeah. you go. One thing off the list. Uh, <laughs> thanks, Dave. Thanks, Dave. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I hear you. I, but, you know, yeah, his, his drumming is phenomenal on that album. He's a great drummer. Yeah. I, will, I will never yeah, take that away from no, him. But I will say this. He, his drumming on that album is really good. And, that was, and it was a really, like, you know, I was actually surprised how many gr songs I really enjoyed. Not, not, like, enjoyed, but, like, really enjoyed off that, that uh, second, what's the second self-titled album, I guess they call it. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, you know, again, great, like I said, great exploration just going into the rabbit hole of this band and getting reacquainted with a lot of stuff. Again, came in knowing about a quarter glass full of what this band's about mm -hmm. and, you know, just was nice getting going, getting overrun with all the great shit that they've done and getting up to seeing a lot of albums that I just kind of either passed by or ignored. So, yeah, the, pur the, pur the purpose of Auto Reverse was, you know, perfectly uh satisfied in this in this uh yep. this killing joke exercise so well everyone tell us what you think about this show killing joke or if you want us to suggest uh, uh another band to, to take a listen to and do a give them the auto reverse treatment someone actually did that and we, we're going to probably do an episode this weekend about that uh if you want to do that just give us a uh send us a note at auto reverse pod at gmail.com or hit us up on the, the Facebooks and the Instagrams where we have an account. And uh, yeah, and Tony, you got anything to plug? or I'm going to plug uh, the life of James M. Tume. Rest in peace. He died about two or three days ago. Um, he was a jazz, like a big time jazz dude, played in a lot of the, on a lot of the Electric Miles records and had his own massive sort of crossover R&B pop solo career James and Tume he passed away also Ronnie Spector passed away yesterday yeah, I big saw that. big 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 lost great voice great mm -hmm. life um, I just wanted to plug those two things well, that was very nice of you yeah of course no problem all right well until next time my friend all right peace <laughs>